the show you love with even more local news and more local reaction. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome to the Mike Douglas Show on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we provide this opportunity to be live and local so you and I can work through the issues of the day, talk through them in respectful, reasonable, and rational ways, talk through these issues so that we can better understand them, share information with each other, and become even more knowledgeable as crucial votes approach. For example, November 2022, not that far away, my friends, and we need to make sure that we are as informed as possible on the issues of the day so that we can vote intelligently and vote towards the future, not just vote emotionally on the spur of the moment. Two uh, two breaking news items here as we begin the Mike Douglas show today. Number one, in Florida, the Florida Senate on a 23 to 16 vote just passed legislation that will end Disney's tax privilege and self-governing power and special exemption status at uh, Disney World, and I would assume uh, Epcot as well in Florida. That's huge. Uh, that is huge. And so we'll be we'll be following that and uh, see how that uh, that eventually pans out uh, again if that comes into effect. And th- this was something I did not know. Disney, way back when, under Walt Disney, obtained privileges that most big businesses don't have. And that is essentially, in many different ways, they are are their own government. Uh, For example, their own building inspectors. Uh, They have their own law enforcement, uh, their own roadways, etc. And so in in response to uh, Disney really taking uh, aim at and becoming very political in terms of opposing uh, Florida's legislation uh, regarding family values. Let me just put it that way. Why uh, the Florida legislature is saying, fine, Uh, Florida Senate anyway, saying, nope, you're not, you can't have those privileges anymore. So we'll keep, uh, we'll keep an eye on what's happening in Florida. Uh, the other breaking news, uh, the Centers for Disease Control, our, uh, our wise friends, aren't they? Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. They have uh, recommended to the U.S. Department of Justice that uh, the Department of Justice appeal uh, the Florida judges, uh, district court judges' decision uh, that basically put the kibosh on mandatory masks on airlines and trains and uh, public transportation. So here we go. Here we go. The CDC, again, unelected folks basically dictating to us what we're going to do or, or not do. We'll keep an eye on that. Well, what do you think? Should the CDC that have that kind of influence? And I think basically the Biden administration passed the buck. I uh, the Biden administration, the White House could have said, "Look, appeal it to the Department of Justice. It's the executive branch, for goodness sakes." Joe Biden, our president, could have said, 
Nope, appeal this. Appeal it. No, what did he do? Passed the buck, really. So now he can blame it, I suppose, on the Centers for Disease Control. Do you think this is a smart move for the Biden administration in Washington? Hmm. It'll be interesting to see. I, I mean, we think of the joy that we saw on network news, on social media. People were happy. Flight attendants were happy when that no mask mandate, <laughs> the, the mandate for no mask mandate came down on, on Monday. Do you think that's a smart move for the Biden administration uh, to go ahead with this uh, this appeal? Our number here, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. So, uh, again, we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on that and, uh, and see what happens. Uh, in, in regards to, uh, to Disney as well, I, I think I'm going back to Walt Disney, a man of integrity, um, a man who I believe, and, and I don't know where he was theologically, but I believe he had the best interests of children in mind. I think he had the best interests of our culture in mind to provide a very healthy and wholesome form of entertainment. Now, we can split hairs on some of that, and I know some people object to some of the, the Disney movies of the past, and read things into them. I don't, but that's fine. We can agree to disagree on all of that. But I think at the time, it probably made sense for something as huge as, and and, and something that would would create such a consumer interest that would create tourists coming in to uh, the state of Florida, I think it probably made sense to cut a deal like that. But when Disney, to me, starts to become political and starts to take sides, especially on on issues that I think are pretty important, uh, to me, schools, school boards, teachers ought not to be even discussing sexual issues with kindergartners, first graders, second graders, third graders. Uh, to, to me, that's the parent's responsibility. By the way, we'll continue that theme of responsibility here in just a couple of minutes. But I, uh, I really believe that Disney has made a tactical error. And one of our listeners called yesterday and said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to Disneyland. I, I understand all the the angst, but we're going, and uh, that's fine. I, I have no problem with that. As you know, I don't, I don't create, nor do I encourage boycotts. What I do personally is another matter. What I watch, entertainment venues I go to, and fast dur- during the mask mandate, I refuse to go to any entertainment venue where I had to show vaccination proof and or wear a mask. Just wasn't going to do it. If I'm going to pay good money to go be entertained, I'm not going to wear a mask. Well, if the rules are you have to wear a mask, fine. Don't get my money. I'm not going to be there. But that's my choice. I don't say you have to do that. That's that's my choice. So here here we go. Florida is uh, basically biting back, so to say, so to speak, 
and saying to Disney, well, maybe it's time that it, it's, since you're now becoming very political and you're opposing what the people have elected us to do, then we're going to say to you, you don't have those self-governing privileges anymore that I don't know how many businesses around the country have that kind of uh, have that kind of privilege. I, I don't know. I'd be interesting, uh, interested to know, but I think Disney's probably somewhat unique in that. And so I, I cheer Florida for pushing back. I, I think Disney has lost its way. To me, if you're in the entertainment industry and you, you want a target, and, and I'm assuming that Disney doesn't just want to target woke people, I would assume that they want all children and parents of all children and people who want to have a good time, all of them. I would assume that they would want all of them to come and enjoy their amusement parks. But apparently not because they're taking aim at a a large portion of the population, I believe. And I think the state of Florida is saying, well, if that's the way you want to play it, then uh, we're going to end these special privileges that perhaps only you have. And uh, so, again, we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that. If you have uh, a thought on that, you think uh, the Florida <clears throat> legislature is doing the right thing, the Florida Senate anyway, let us know. 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. And along the same lines, uh, this mask mandate, the uh, Biden administration waiting for the CDC to weigh in on the Florida federal judge saying, nope, nope, to the mask mandate. Well, they waited for the CDC, and they uh, they have now said, okay, um, we're, we're going to appeal. All right, let's go to the phones. Area code 209-551-3483. John from Modesto, what are your thoughts? Oh, hi. Well, I just, I'm just kind of concerned that with the Disney situation that the state government is trying to interfere with the opinion and the free expression of the thought of a, of a private industry. You know, when, when do they start dictating uh, and punishing uh, private enterprise for not believing what they believe? And it's, it's not about sex education in the first, second, or third grade, because I worked in those grades. They aren't teaching sex education. It's political, and I just think DeSantis is just trying to get with points with people because he wants to run for president. But, you know, this government trying to, that's fascist-type stuff, telling us what to do and stuff. And I, but I don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't mind the CDC, CDC telling me what to do because it's about public health, a whole different thing. But I huh. just don't think. Government so, has the right to butt in. Okay, just on just free speech. Just, just so I understand, John, your opinion is, in the case of Florida, saying to Disney, you have special privileges that we're now going to revoke. That is fascist because we don't like. What okay, you said. got it. Because we don't like what you said. Okay, and but that's fascist. But the CDC telling us that we cannot wear masks—that is not fascist. The CDC is putting out, public health is not fascist. (laughs) Public health is a whole different part of the law. 
Okay. And I have no problem with trying to protect me. I don't have open sewage. And I, and I, I just I appreciate the CDC. Okay. I think they've been politicized by everybody, too. All right. Well, John, uh, yeah, I, we, I, I, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate your call. Uh, I think, um, you know, interesting, uh, the perspective that John has on the one hand, John is pointing out that it's, uh, an act of fascism for the, uh, Florida Senate to say to Disney world, nope, you can't have governmental special privileges anymore because you're choosing to be very political uh, but on the other hand, uh, that the CDC telling us that we can or cannot wear masks is not fascist. And so I, I guess what that comes down to is our definition of, of fascism. Fascism. But, John, thanks for the call because it makes us think. And uh, for me, uh, it, it helps me understand my viewpoint uh, a little more deeply. Uh, John, thanks for the call. And uh, coming up, we'll come back to the phones. Before we do that, though, want to remind you that when it comes to selling your home these days, I believe you got to go to an expert. Good reasons right now to sell. Prices are up. Inventory's low. And who knows about the future interest rates? And I'm looking at my own home. It's aging. I'm concerned about repairs. How about you? Are you, if you're going to sell your home, would you be worried about costly repairs or upgrades that might be needed to sell it? Well, if you are, call the agent that I trust, Dan Phipps. See, Dan has this proprietary marketing system, guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value, or Dan will sell it for free. In fact, his home selling program is designed to maximize your sales price. You're in complete control. And here's what I love about this. No long-term contracts, no required costly repairs. You pick your move date, and Dan can even find you a new home before you move. Now, Ronald and Modesto was retiring. He was moving out of state, already had a home lined up, so he needed to sell as fast and at top dollar. Well, his problem uh, was there were many costly repairs and updates that he thought were needed. Well, he spoke to Dan Phipps. Dan assured him he could get it done, and he did. Big time, says Ronald. Dan sold his home in days at the top price and and really higher than many of some of the uh, homes in his area. So call Dan Phipps. Dan's the man I recommend. I would hire him to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-840-6378, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S.com. And we'll get back to the phones on the Mike Douglas Show in three minutes on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. It's today's conversation for Stockton, Modesto, and beyond. beyond. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk, 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here. Mike Douglas, your concierge for conversation. Two big headlines today as we began the show. Number one, the uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has weighed in on the Florida uh, federal judge's opinion that 
Mask mandates are no longer required on major public transportation uh, systems like airlines and buses and and uh, and trains. And so the Biden administration uh, is saying, all right, Department of Justice, go ahead and file the appeal. And then the second uh, the second news is coming is that the Florida uh, Senate has, by majority vote, voted to revoke uh, Disney World's special privileges that they have basically to be self-governing. And that covers a lot of things that's very interesting, like uh, building codes, building inspections, law enforcement, a a lot wrapped up in that Florida State uh, Senate saying, fine, Disney, if you're going to uh, oppose us and, and what we do and what we've been elected to do, why we're going to revoke your privileges. What do you think about that? 209-551-3483. Good decision by the Florida Senate. 209-551-3483. Back to the phones we go. Debbie and Stanislaus. Denny, what, uh, uh, Debbie, what's your read on this today? Well, Mike, thank you very much for taking my call. I feel privileged. I'd like us to go back in time because we have a habit of forgetting, and we shouldn't be forgetting anything. This country started with the citizens that came here from Europe, but they came for a reason, didn't they? Do you remember what that reason was? Well, there were many reasons, sometimes freedom, sometimes famine, sometimes religious freedom. Correct. And taxes. Do you remember that? Taxes, absolutely. Okay, so there were many reasons that they came here. And what I have experienced, when Disneyland opened, I was in Southern California, and I went to the very, very, very first opening. It doesn't even resemble it. Mm. Now, I want to correlate that and connect it with Hollywood. And I'm not going to stop as long as I'm alive. Hollywood is immoral. It's non-ethical. It, it leads us to believe things that are totally a fallacy. It grooms our children in that way, which is all sexual. And it's all anti-behavior that we should be teaching our children. We better get a grip on ourselves. We need to take on a lot of things, not just Disney. Disneyland has to be done. And I applaud that state for doing what they're doing. And they need to do a lot more. There's a lot of things that have to be corrected with Disneyland. But we also have to remember that Hollywood has groomed our young people for a long, long time. Part of our immorality in our country comes from Hollywood, California. And we can deny it all day long. But it is accurate. So take a hard, long look. There are a lot of things that we have to start accepting, realizing, and choosing. What do we really want for our country for the future? Do we ever take time to think about that, or are we just shoot from the hip? I, I think we're running out of time personally. But thank you so much for your consideration to give me my, my voice to be able to share some things. Debbie, thank you very much. Appreciate uh, appreciate your call. And, and Debbie, uh, one of those special folks who was there at the very beginning, the very opening of, uh, of Disneyland. And uh, I was, uh, well, I want to say how old I was, but um, I don't think I wasn't there for the grand opening. Uh, 
but I was there shortly after it. And uh, I, I would agree with you, Debbie, growing up in the shadow of Disneyland, having attended, uh, having been there in the park many, 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 many times during my growing up years, I would agree with your overall statement that uh, the, the Disney that we're seeing today is not, is not the Disney that was under Walt Disney, the founder. But that often happens uh, after the founder dies or, or leaves that sometimes the, the corporation loses its way it loses the vision it it loses the character of uh of the uh, of the founder and uh debbie also referring to the inter- entertainment industry in general contributing to the uh, moral decline of the nation uh debbie citing hollywood in in particular and i i do agree that the en- entertainment industry is tanking it really is, and uh, I'm I'm sorry to see that uh, a lot of I think what we see is highly sexualized, and all that is for the dollar to gain more viewers, gain more listeners, so to speak, and uh, it's it's all about the dollar and uh, appealing to what the Supreme Court used to call the purient interest of the public. All right, coming up in uh, five minutes, we're going to be uh, talking to Cheryl Titus. Victim Services Program with uh, Stanislaus County DA's office. Special event coming up Saturday. We'll talk about it here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Don't go away. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Local Talk is back in the valley with KFIV's Mike Douglas. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas with you, your concierge for conversation as we tackle some of the big issues of the day that affect you and me right here in California's Central Valley. Thank you so much for joining us this Wednesday afternoon and for your faithful listening to the Mike Douglas Show Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We have the uh, opportunity now to uh, to bring online Cheryl Titus. Uh, Cheryl is the Victim Services Program Manager uh, for the uh, Stanislaus County uh, District Attorney's Office and uh, the Victims' Rights Unit. And uh, so we want to welcome uh, Cheryl Titus to the program. Cheryl, welcome. Thanks uh, for taking time to be with us today. Thank you very much for having me. Cheryl, a big event coming up for you uh, and your unit uh, this Saturday in front of the courthouse in Stanislaus County. Tell us uh, what it's about. Fill us in on the details and how people will benefit from it. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, This Saturday, April 23rd, it's our annual Victims' Rights Rally and Family Safety Fair. So this is basically an afternoon that we put together to commemorate National Crime Victims' Rights Week. And uh, we've designed a program to honor victims, uh, celebrate survivors, and raise awareness of victims' rights and available services. So we have a a great guest speaker, some singers, um, a variety of different activities, about 16 community-based organizations that will be there, and a number of different folks from law enforcement uh, will be out, a fire truck as well. So it's a great opportunity for families to come down and learn about what we do and, and what the available resources are in our community. 
And that uh, kicks off at 11.30 a.m., am I right? 11.30 to 2? Yes, 11.30, and we should be serving lunch. We have uh, barbecued hot dogs and chips and so forth. Uh, We should be serving lunch around noon for everyone. It's free. We also have cupcakes this year because we're celebrating the 40th birthday of the Victim Witness Assistance Program in San Jose County, so we're pretty excited about that. Cheryl Titus, our guest from uh, Stanislaus County District Attorney's Office. And Cheryl, tell us uh, a little bit as you celebrate those 40 years, tell us about the necessity of having a unit like yours within the DA's office. What do we need to know about victims' rights, about survivors, and what we may be missing if we don't have an advocacy uh, unit like yours? Well, um, you know, our focus in victim services is helping victims of crime navigate what may be the most difficult experience of their life, as well as helping them understand and um, sort of execute their rights and make their way through the criminal justice system if the case is being prosecuted. It's, it's a very difficult process. Um, you know, what, what that individual's experienced alone um, is is very challenging, and on top of it, to sort of navigate the criminal justice system can be daunting. So uh, last year, we served uh, 11,800 victims of crime in Santa Claus County. So our you know our role is is to help them through that process, or to assist them if the case is not being prosecuted, because certainly not every case is prosecuted. We've seen over the years, uh, Cheryl, that sometimes victims can be re-victimized by the system, if I can put it that way. And it sounds like this is a good panacea for that. Uh, Can you give us examples of the types of cases uh, where victims will need your services and will benefit from this ability to have help in navigating the system? Sure, sure. So we are designed, this unit's designed to serve any person who is a victim of crime. But I would say that the people who are more likely to be interested in working with us are those who are victims of, uh, you know, serious or violent crime. So families, for example, of homicide victims, um, they're, they're coming into this with a tremendous loss and then also have to try to understand the process, um, understand what their rights are. And, you know, we're working with them from, from the beginning, a sort of crisis intervention, um, helping them through the initial stages of that, assisting them with funeral and burial, um, you know, paperwork and, and claims for financial assistance, et cetera, but then also being with them in court. So um, being able to help them understand each of the hearings that take place and why things get continued and, um, you know, what to expect the next time we're in court. Uh, it's a, you know, something that I think provides people in crisis with an opportunity to have someone by their side that can help them understand what's happening and also be there for them later when now they're finally processing everything that they've been through and they need, you know, a better understanding. I think that follow through uh, throughout the entire process is, is just so much needed and uh, appreciate your uh, your ability to do that. 
Uh, I would imagine that you're dealing especially with victims of, of violent crimes, and, and especially if, if homicides have been involved, you're dealing with the families. I would imagine not, not only is the system daunting, but folks are emotionally spent. Uh, they're just numb. And so I would imagine that's, that's where you have to start, right, where they are as they are. Exactly. And, uh, you know, sometimes, so, you know, advocates, victim advocates have huge hearts and, uh, you know, they want to provide everything they can provide as quickly as possible. And the reality is, you know, you really have to start with one piece at a time. You have to look at where is this person? What are they capable of walking through right now? Right. And, you know, sometimes that is providing them with a lot of information up front. And sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it is simply this is my name. This is my contact information. This is what I'm going to help you do. Let's go to this hearing together. And then, and then we go from there. You really have to pay attention to what that individual person is experiencing and try to help them starting right where they are and then working through the process. I would imagine that this also involves a lot of community collaboration as well, right? Networking with other agencies and uh, entities within the community. Absolutely. We have a, a huge network of referral uh, sources. So we're referring people all the time to different um, community organizations. And my unit, the Victim Services Unit, is primarily grant funded. And we have um, grants that also where we partner with other community-based organizations like Haven or the Family Justice Center. Um, you know, those, those organizations working together with them really help uh, provide victims with what they need. So we're, you know, one of the things that we do in addition to Saturday's event um, is participate in as much community outreach as we can to, you know, bring awareness to victims' rights and help people understand the services that are available. Now, when a, a serious crime, a violent crime, for example, may occur, how do people get connected with you? What's, uh, what's the road that usually is taken in order to make connection with your unit? So initially, well, there's a couple of different things. For one thing, we're, we are on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We have um, an on-call team. So law enforcement can call us out to assist with a victim in certain cases right away. Um, outside of that, the, the, the primary route is law enforcement will provide a victim of crime with a Marcy's Law card, and that card has our phone number on it. So they're able to call us at that point. If that doesn't happen, uh, law enforcement also provides us with the, law, the report, basically, for that case. And we assign it to a victim advocate, and the advocate makes contact with the victim. Now, are people, can they enter into a, a relationship with you without a referral? Can they contact you directly, or do they need that referral from another agency? Um, we, for the most part, we need a law, enfor law enforcement report um, because we are, you know, working with victims of crime through uh, California Op uh, Office of Emergency Services grants. Um, for the most part, work through law enforcement reports and have to have that crime report to, to work from. However, in cases of sexual assault, for instance, uh, if they have even just a referral from a counselor, uh, we can begin assisting them and you know, identify resources that might help them. 
So again, it sounds like it's a it's a whole community effort, kind of a holistic uh, approach with a lot of networking and collaboration going on. One of the things uh, I I have been here in Stanislaus County now for about twenty five years. Came from L.A. and then spent some time in Sacramento. And I have to say, Cheryl, that one of the things that, that impressed me about Stanislaus County when I arrived is the willingness to work together, is uh, is the willingness to to network and work collaboratively. I, you don't always find that in other places in California nor, nor the country as well. And I think that's uh, something that uh, we all we all need to appreciate about the place that we live in. Absolutely. I, you know, I, I didn't know any better when, when I started in this job, I just assumed that, you know, we should all work together. So uh, I made it a point to reach out to different agencies and organizations and, you know, start developing relationships. And it wasn't until much later speaking to some of my peers throughout the state where they haven't had that experience, you know, they haven't had that collaboration um, so I'm really grateful this community has been very open. Even our relationship with law enforcement is pretty incredible. Uh, so it's, I'm very grateful for that because it definitely works in the favor of victims of crime. Cheryl Titus, our guest from the Stanislaus County District Attorney's Office, regarding the annual Victims' Rights Rally and Family Safety Fair. That's this Saturday, April 23rd, 1130 to 2 p.m. on the Courthouse Lawn. Beautiful, by the way, beautiful location there at 1100 I Street in Modesto. Cheryl, uh, thank you for what you do. Keep on keeping on. We are very privileged to be able to work with you in spreading the news about this. Appreciate you taking time to be with us, and uh, keep on keeping on, Cheryl. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate this opportunity. Have a great day. All right. Thanks, Cheryl. And uh, we'll continue with the Mike Douglas show in uh, three minutes. Uh, I'd like to talk to you about a, a fairly sad subject, but it fits in with the theme that we've ta- been talking about earlier this week, and that is personal responsibility. Talking about suicide of teenagers and who the parents now are going after regarding those suicides. We'll talk about that in detail. Get your take on it in three minutes. Here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Father, preacher, friend. It's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show, weekdays at 3 on Power Talk, 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here as we uh, take a look at uh, more breaking news today. Uh, This just coming in a couple of minutes ago, the U.S. Capitol Police reporting that the U.S. Capitol was evacuated out of an abundance of caution this evening. and uh, But the, the line that follows that says there is no threat at the Capitol. So apparently the Capitol was evacuated out of an abundance of caution, but there's no threat at the Capitol. Not sure what that means. We'll keep an eye on that. Again, that's uh, a bulletin a couple of minutes ago from the uh, U.S. Capitol uh, Police this evening. Uh, We've been, by the way, let me come back to this very, uh, very quickly. Uh, Reference a a call from uh, John uh, a little bit ago, earlier in the hour. Uh, and and we were he brought up the uh, the term fascism and fascist. 
I think it's important that we revisit. And, and thank you, John, for bringing that up, because I think this is something that we need to uh, clarify from time to time. We need to make sure we understand the words that we're using. And you hear fascism, and I'm not referring to John's use of it. I'm just saying in general, we use uh, we hear the term fascist or fascism thrown around with great abandon uh, these days. And so I just just to check myself and make sure that I'm using the word in the in the proper way, checked out Miriam Webster online and uh, Miriam Webster says in simplest terms, Fascism refers to a specific way of organizing a society. Under fascism, a government is ruled by a dictator who controls the lives of people in that society and does not allow dissent nor disagreement. Uh, The actual dictionary definition, according to Merriam-Webster, fascism, a political philosophy, movement, or regime that exalts nation and often race above the individual. And that stands for a centralized autocratic government headed by a dictatorial leader with severe economic and social regimentation and forcible suppression of opposition. And uh, the second meaning is a tendency toward or actual exercise of strong autocratic or dictatorial control. So there we go. Something uh, to to keep in mind as we use the word and make sure that we're we're using it properly. So, uh, John, I thank you for the reminder to uh, check on the definition of that word again. Uh, fascism, fascist, according to Merriam-Webster. This article uh, just uh, was brought to my attention. Uh, there are some parents who want to hold social media companies accountable for the suicides of their children. Uh, in one case, uh, the 17-year-old was a busboy at a Texas roadhouse in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And apparently, according to his parents throughout high school, he developed <clears throat> an addiction to social media. By his senior year, they say he couldn't stop looking at his phone. He often stayed up until 3 a.m. on Instagram messaging with others, sometimes swapping nude photos, his mother said, and he became sleep-deprived and obsessed with his body image. And then uh, a few years ago, uh, his family was taking down their Christmas tree. Uh, Their son retreated into his room, and he sent a text message to his best friend, God's speed, he said. And then he posted an update on his Facebook page, quote, who turned out the light? Well, apparently, uh, while he was doing that, he held a 22 caliber rifle in one hand, his smartphone in the other, and fatally shot himself. Again, 17, year old at, uh, 17 years old at the time, uh, police found a suicide note written on the envelope of a college acceptance letter. And his parents said he never showed any outward signs of depression or uh, suicidal tendencies. Now, here's the interesting here's the interesting detail. His parents are joining a growing number of families who are filing wrongful death lawsuits against some of the big social media companies, saying that their platforms played significant roles in their teenagers' decisions to commit suicide. And this law, by the way, this occurred in 
in January of 2015. The lawsuit is just being brought about now. Uh, In this case, the parents uh, filed a lawsuit last week targeting Snap, the parent company of Snapchat and Meta, or Meta rather, uh, the parent company of Facebook and Instagram. The suit accuses uh, companies of designing their platforms to addict users with algorithms that lead to never-ending scrolling as a part of an effort to maximize time spent on the platform for advertising purposes and profit. Now, why am I bringing this up to you? We have talked several times this week about personal responsibility, and in no way, shape, or form am I being critical of the parents. They've, they've been through something we don't want to go through, gut-wrenching, heart-wrenching, a, uh, a trauma that will last for a lifetime. And I, I don't know about you, but many of us have had family members, extended family members, and in, in my case, um, acquaintances or friends who have committed suicide. And, and I think, by and large, we understand the terrible fallout from that. The, the, the tragedy doesn't really ever go away. We just learn to deal with it over time. And I don't mean deal with it in terms of forgetting it, but being able to process it and and relate to it throughout the rest of our lives. My question to you, though, and I, I'm again, I'm not being critical of the parents. Do you feel that the social media companies are responsible for suicides like this? Do you think that the parents are right in suing social media companies? for the suicide actions of their children. Tough question. Like to hear what you have to say. Our phone number 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. And we'll talk more about that. We'll dig a little deeper into the subject and take your phone calls in five minutes after the top of the hour as we hear uh, news, traffic, and weather. We'll be back to discuss this subject and more on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Don't go away. We'll be back in five minutes. The show you love with even more local news and more local reaction. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome to our number two of the Mike Douglas Show on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon here in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we get underway. And one of the big headlines today that we've been talking about Uh, The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, has weighed in on this decision by a Florida federal judge saying uh, we need to revoke the mask mandate for mass transportation venues like on airplanes and trains and such. 
the Biden administration, the DOJ, U.S. Department of Justice, saying they were going to wait on a decision to appeal until they heard from the D- CDC. And today, uh, just shortly before airtime today, uh, the CDC uh, says they feel to uh, a need to appeal that federal judge's decision to, quote, uphold their authority, end quote, to direct health guidance, to uphold their authority. I'm going to go back and adjust for reference, and, and you decide whether it fits or not. Let me go back to our previous discussion about the word fascism. A political philosophy, movement, or regime that exalts nation and often race above the individual and that stands for a centralized autocratic government headed by a dictatorial leader, severe economic and social regimentation, and social regimentation, and forcible, forcible suppression of the opposition. A second definition here, a tendency toward or actual exercise of strong autocratic or dictatorial control. Just asking that we put that in our back pocket and that we use that like a, a measuring stick. We, we, we use it as a metric yeah, that we can refer back to. Do you do that? I do that a lot. Eh? I often will make a note card on something and, and place it where it's in view of where I can see it a lot when I'm studying or when I'm researching to remind me of certain principles that I can apply as I'm doing my research. So let's tuck that definition of fascism into our back pockets, use it as a measuring stick, and, and just hold it up once in a while as we hear about some of these decisions. And let's decide, is, is this a fascistic-type decision? Is it something that fits within the Constitution, the Bill of Rights of the United States of America? The CDC, are they supposed to have? What type of authority is the CDC supposed to have? Well, what do you think? Uh, 209-551-3483. Do you think the CDC and... and, uh, Caller earlier said, yes, CDC's looking out for my health. Uh, the CDC should be offering decisions like this. Um, what do you think? 209-551-3483. Again, the CDC telling the uh, Department of Justice, U.S. Department of Just- Justice and the Biden administration, yes, we need to appeal that decision by a Florida judge. Uh, how do you feel about that? Do you think the CDC ought to have that kind of influence and authority? 209-551-3483, our number here on the Mike Douglas Show, 209-551-3483. And uh, just uh, before the the news and and weather and traffic break there, we had a a note that uh, the Capitol Police were reporting that apparently the U.S. Capitol uh, was uh, recommended on an evacuation, for an evacuation, uh, however, out of an abundance of caution. However, there's no threat at the Capitol. 
Uh, so we're waiting to hear more from the U.S. Uh, Capitol Police on that particular uh, that particular issue. We've uh, as as we talk about personal responsibility, I I feel that, and this is one of my my personal angsts about our culture today is is we've become way too litigious. We've become much too sue happy, if I could put it that way. And uh, please, if you're an attorney, uh, I'm I'm not here to uh, get in conflict a conflict with you, but I I believe that trial attorneys have taken us down a road that is not good in terms of very liberal. Uh, a very liberal attitude to uh, around our nation regarding lawsuits. Now, I believe if there's great liability involved for a great injury, why, yeah, yeah there should be a a, a a a mechanism for addressing that particular failure of whatever it was that caused the major injury. But under under normal circumstances now, e- even those of us in the nonprofit and the religious organization business, we have to carry boatloads of liability insurance. And and people say, well, I don't I don't want to give I don't want to give donations to anything that doesn't directly um, that doesn't directly inure to people that doesn't directly benefit them. Well, <clears throat> and, and I'm just going to put this out there. I I understand what you're saying, but oftentimes the ministry, the church, the congregation, the nonprofit cannot exist without funding for insurance, liability insurance. It it you can't function without it. And and, and if you have employees, you you have to have workers' comp insurance, you, you don't have the ability not to have it. And so we, we're in, in, in this litigious culture right now, it, it, and I don't see it getting any better. Uh, <clears throat> so along those lines, I'm coming back to this issue of parents of children who have tragically committed suicide. And again, I'm not casting any negatively aspersions on them at, at, at all. The question is, though, are the companies, are the social media companies, should they be legally responsible for children and teenagers' decisions to commit suicide? Do you know anybody that's addicted to social media? <laughs> Uh, and, and I have some of you are probably, are you getting real personal now, Mike? Well, I'm asking the question, do you know someone who is addicted to social media? That's what these parents are saying, that uh, these social media outlets got their children addicted to whatever platform. Many were referenced here, uh, Facebook, uh, Snap, Snapchat, TikTok, and such. And, and I understand they're, they're there to make a profit understand that perfectly. The question is, should they be held liable for the decision of their customers to commit violence or to commit suicide? 
What do you think? 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. Any, we have any attorneys out there? Do you have an opinion on this? What about the CDC? Do you have an opinion about that? I'd be interested. And if you don't want to use your real name, that's fine. But if you're an attorney, I'd love to talk to you about your your take on um, on these issues involving the CDC and, and in their minds, uh, or its mind, the uh, authority it has to dictate these types of things. And then as we look at lawsuits against uh, social media companies for violence perpetrated by their customers, either upon themselves or upon others, do you think there's a, a reasonable liability there on on the part of social media companies. Again, our phone number, 209-551-3483. We'll take your phone calls and uh, continue that discussion in three minutes here on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. It's today's conversation for Stockton, Modesto, and beyond. beyond. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show as we talk about the CDC telling the Biden administration, thank you for asking. We think you should appeal that decision of that federal judge in Florida to do away with the mask mandate for uh, all big public transportation venues like airplanes and trains, etc. And so on the basis of that, the U.S. Department of Justice apparently is going to appeal that particular decision. We've been talking about the CDC. Do you think that's the CDC's role? Do you think it it has uh, its, its quote uh, that, that, that the CDC should uh, recommend an appeal, quote, to uphold their authority, end quote? Let's find out what you think. Area code 209-551-3483. Let's go to John in Brentwood. John, what do you think about this CDC statement today? I think the CDC needs to just disappear. What what authority do they have? I don't remember electing any of them. I don't believe we need their permission to do anything. They can make suggestions. I don't understand to uphold our authority. This whole COVID thing has just been so blown out of proportion, and so many people in the country have bought hook, line, and sinker, and I realize a lot of people died. I realize a lot of people got sick, but it's over. It's not over, but it's, it's, it's gone. It's, 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 it's a flu. It's a cold, and this, these people that have this, given this power from this mess do not want to turn loose. And it's going to be like this. It's going to be a battle to get rid of it. People need to start standing up in this country and, and – voicing their opinion and getting rid of this whole this whole thing of everybody has this absolute power to do whatever they want we can make you wear a mask we can shut down your business we can make you stand six feet apart we can make you not do this in a restaurant the whole thing is out of control and if people don't start standing up we may as well just become another socialist country because we're headed and and i don't see I, I, the late night hosts are all making fun of this judge. They're all making fun of the people who are cheering that they didn't have to wear masks. And I just see us going down a slope that we are just never going to recover from. John, I uh, I agree with you that we 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 are so deep 
intoing, in, into allowing bureaucrats to run our lives uh, that it's, it's very difficult to extricate ourselves from it. Uh, my, my sense is, John, we need to keep on keeping on. And, and as you say, I believe we need to push back. We need to stand up against it. The question is, uh, how do we make that happen? Uh, John, good observations. Thanks for the call about the, the CDC. John giving uh, some good points there. And uh, I want to go back. I want to go back. Just put that metric about the definition of fascism into your back pocket. The second definition, a tendency toward or actual exercise of strong autocratic or dictatorial control. Hmm. You think that fits here? Think that fits here? 209-551-3483. And let's look in in, in a bigger picture here. Um, as, As we proceed down this road, and I think John made a very, very good point. I don't think that the federal government, and I, the state government in California for certain, but I don't think either, neither the state uh, government in California nor the federal government are going to let go of this kind of authority. The, the bureaucratic mindset in Sacramento and in Washington, D.C., I think is so deep. It is so ingrained. No, people made fun of uh, Donald Trump when he talked about the deep state and, and others who brought up that, that same term. I, I have worked in local government, county government, state government, and I've worked for the federal government. Now, in the context of emergency response and emergency operations, but I have seen I have seen the poison, the poison of a deep state with the bureaucratic mindset so steeped in the organization. I don't know how you get rid of it other than getting rid of the organization. Now, has the CDC done good things throughout the years? Yes. By the way, I've just been made aware of the full statement from the CDC. Let me read it for you. It just came up here. CDC believes this is a lawful order well within CDC's legal authority to protect public health. CDC continues to recommend that people wear masks in all indoor public transportation settings. The agency wrote in a statement adding that it will continue to monitor public health conditions to, quote, determine whether such an order remains necessary. All right, so the CDC is saying, listen, this order, the mask mandate on public transportation is lawful and within our legal authority. Well, any constitutional scholars out there, do you think the CDC has that kind of legal authority? Let me read to you the mission of the CDC real quick. Let me see if I can shoehorn this in very quickly. The mission, CDC works 24-7 to protect America from health, safety, and security threats, both foreign and in the U.S. Whether diseases start at home or abroad, are chronic or acute, curable or preventable, human error or deliberate attack, CDC fights disease and supports communities and citizens to do the same. CDC increases the health security of our nation. As the nation's health protection agency, CDC saves lives and protects people from health threats. To accomplish our mission, 
CDC conducts critical science and provides health information that protects our nation against expensive and dangerous health threats and responds when they arise. I didn't see anything in their mission statement about legal authorities. Hmm. They say they're on the cutting edge of health security. They put science into action. They help Medicare, uh, medical care. They fight diseases before they reach our borders, and they nurture public health. Again, I don't see anything there about legal authorities. And then there's, did you know the CDC has a pledge to the American people? Yeah. Let's see. Uh, let, let me go over this very quickly. Uh, be a diligent steward of the funds entrusted to our agency. Provide an environment for intellectual and personal growth and integrity. Base all public health decisions on the highest quality scientific data that is derived openly and objectively. Place the benefits to society above the benefits to our institution. Hmm. Let me read that one again. Place the benefits to society above the benefits to our institution. And number five, treat all persons with dignity, honesty, and respect. All right, so I've gone through the CDC mission statement and its pledge to the American people. I don't see anywhere here where there is this authority that they claim to um, to make this type of uh, dictate, really. I mean, the, the Biden administration, the DOJ, asked them for a decision, and they said, we're, we're not going to make a move without the CDC. So the CDC has tremendous power in our lives today. The CDC has power over transportation. You think this, it seems to me the CDC should be providing scientifically based solutions to health issues, if I could sum it up from what I just read. So from what I've read here from the mission statement and the pledge to the American people, do you think the CDC decision to tell the Biden administration and the Department of Justice that they have the legal authority to protect public health and this is a lawful order to wear masks that's within their legal authority to protect public health. A lawful order. Do you believe the CDC should be making orders? I think the CDC is out of control. Do I see value in the CDC? Yes. I think we always need to be careful about painting a broad brush any organization, any person, any political party, you name it, we have to look at, are there benefits? Yes, I see the benefits of the CDC, but I, I don't, my opinion right now is it's far exceeding its authority. What do you think? Our number here, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. And we'll continue the discussion in five minutes when the Mike Douglas Show continues on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you. 
Local Talk is back in the Valley with KFIV's Mike Douglas. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here, your personal concierge for conversation as we tackle the myriad of subjects that affect you and me today right here in California's Central Valley. And thank you for your willingness to discuss these matters reasonably, rationally, and respectfully. Uh, it all comes to being live and local, and we have the benefit of that. And our thanks to iHeartMedia for providing that opportunity to us Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. Right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Well, a few moments ago, we uh, we noted a bulletin that that we saw just cross our desk here that uh, the U.S. Capitol. This is from the U.S. Capitol Police. The U.S. Capitol was evacuated out of an abundance of caution this evening. Well, it's evening in Washington D.C. However, it's, it also said there is no threat at the Capitol. Now, as you know, having been involved in it, I am all for law enforcement. I'm a great law enforcement supporter. And I have been to the U.S. Capitol many times over the years, many times. And when I encounter law enforcement in places like that in the U.S. Capitol Police, they're all over the place uh, around the Capitol. I always make it a point to wave and say hi and say thank you for your service. I I just believe in affirming law enforcement. And I've met some really, really neat people with the U.S. Capitol Police. However, let me give you part two of this story. Turns out the evacuation out of an abundance of caution was due to a false alarm. What was the false alarm? Well, (laughs) apparently... A U.S. Army parachute team parachuted into the Nationals Baseball Park for Military Appreciation Night. And it was happening at the same time that top Pentagon brass were meeting with President Biden at the White House. Does this worry you at all? Don't you think that there would be some kind of interagency communication going on that if you were planning to have men and or women fall from airplanes in parachutes into the national stadium that you might let everyone else know, including the Capitol Police. Why did the capital why was the cap why were the capital police unaware of this? Does that worry you? 209-551-3483, our number. It worries me. <clears throat> why does it worry you, Mike? Well, thank you for asking. It worries me because we have this mess going on between Russia and Ukraine. We had a horrible mess in Afghanistan in the pullout under the Biden administration, horrible, horrible fallout from that, violent and deadly fallout from that. Now we have this violence going on and and, and, and these war crimes going on, obviously, in Eastern Europe. And I'm worried that the United States of America will become involved in some way, and I'm worried that the agencies won't be talking to each other and we'll have 
a mess. We, we appear to be in deep weeds. I can't imagine at the nation's capital that the U.S. Capitol Police were unaware that the U.S. Army was going to be parachuting into the Nationals baseball stadium. That, don't, don't you find that unreal? I, I keep talking about how my confidence in federal agencies that I, I used to admire and, and hold up, I don't idolize them, but I held them up as, as virtuous, as uh, strong anchors in our world that we could always depend upon that would protect us and protect our interests and protect the, the nature of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Well, you look at the past 10 years anyway, and you begin to think, I begin to think, I'm not so sure anymore. I'm not, th- this sounds like a three-ring circus to me. You think I'm being hypo, hypercritical about that? Or, I mean, to, they evacuated the U.S. Capitol out of an abundance of caution because the U.S. Army was parachuting on military appreciation night into Nationals Baseball Stadium? My friends, I, I think we're in deep wahooey. Wahooey is a theological term, and we're deep in it, I I think. So, uh, so there we are, along with the CDC, apparently, thinking that uh, it needs to dictate things like whether we can wear masks or not on uh, public transportation, airplanes, buses. Uh, they're opposing a federal judge's ruling. By the way, and, and one of our callers, uh, John, I believe, from Brentwood, noting that uh, all of the, the, the mass media... That is all the woke media that is perpetuating wokeness in our society. They're on all on board with the narrative. So they're making fun of the federal judge. Well, she was a Trump appointee. She's only 35 years old. Blah, blah, blah. I think she made a good decision. And the Biden administration is free to appeal it. But I think they took. And I'm, I'm just going to come out and be honest with you. This is my feeling. I think the administration took a, a coward's road towards this. If they believe the, the decision was wrong, then file the appeal. But you see, I, I think the strategy was, well, let, we don't want to do that ourselves. Let's make the, let, let's put that on the CDC. Let's have the CDC. We can always point to the CDC. Because we know the midterm elections are coming up in November 2022. And if we're ever called on this, if we put our polling fingers up in the air and lick them and see which way the polling winds are blowing, we can always point to the CDC. And you know how stuff like that flows. It always flows downhill, in this case, to the CDC. So the CDC may be... The design here was to make it the scapegoat. So I, uh, not unexpected, I expected the Biden administration and the Department of Justice to appeal. I just thought uh, that they would have the backbone to do it themselves and, and not have to blame it on the CDC. But that's just me. What do you think? CDC making the... Uh, should the Biden administration, should the DOJ 
Should they have laid that upon the CDC in order to make the decision, or should they just have made that decision themselves? has to do with leadership. has to do with having a spine and integrity, in my opinion. Our number here, Mike Douglas Show, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. What's really interesting about this is uh, I'm, I'm checking news sources all the time, and I, and I saw these pictures of uh, the, uh, the people parachuting uh, in the National Stadium. I saw pictures of that, and I thought to myself, self? You self, that can't be the reason that the U.S. Capitol was evacuated. Well, it was. I, it's just, uh, my, my confidence in our government tends to erode day by day. But that does not mean I'm giving up. I believe we need to push back at the, at the most local level possible. And that means looking at who's running for sheriff, who's running for DA, who's running for our school boards. Horrible stuff coming to light about what's happening in school districts across the nation. The horrible stuff that's that's the the sexual, the the flat out sexual stuff, teaching self-pleasuring and and such to students. This is absolutely absurd, doesn't belong in the classroom, and yet the national media and the the woke culture are pushing it and making fun of the rest of us who are saying that's inappropriate. Well, you can make fun of us all you want. I believe there's more people in America that think these kinds of things are inappropriate than not. It's just the woke culture yells louder and screams louder and makes a lot more noise than the rest of us with rational brains do. We'll discuss this and more coming up in three minutes. Here on the Mike Douglas Show, our telephone number 209-551-3483. We'll be back to the phones as the Mike Douglas Show continues here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Father, preacher, friend. It's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show, weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Our phone number 209 209- Five five one three four eight three. Been talking about the CDC. Been talking about the lack of communication at the federal level as the U.S. Capitol Police evacuate the U.S. Capitol because Pentagon brass were meeting with the president and members of the U.S. Army were parachuting into Nationals baseball. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. National Baseball Stadium uh, for Military Appreciation Night, and so the Capitol Police evacuated the Capitol uh, for that on apparently a false alarm. Let's find out what you think about all this. Uh, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Let's first go to David in Modesto. David, thanks for calling. What's on your mind today? Thank you, and hello. Um, I'll try to be respectful about this. Um, I'm a retired woodshop teacher, and I would say... I had some good times and some good kids and some crazy kids. I would say 
you could ask any one of my kids to make decisions for, for Joe Biden, and he, they'd have done a better job than he's done. When it comes to masks, the way that thing was handled in Afghanistan, our border, they want to ask the CDC why didn't they, why didn't they jump in until Biden a long time ago that, hey, it's a health danger to have all this fentanyl coming in over our borders. Well, people come in without masks, without vaccines, vaccinations, things like that. Now they're asking them. I think it's just like you said. He's just passing the buck because he, he doesn't want to be seen as the bad guy, though he doesn't want to let go of control. David, so thank you. My, yeah. <laughs> good, good points, David. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that very much. 209-551-3483. Back to Modesto we go. Uh, Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi, Mike. Hi. Uh, I've only been able to listen to the last uh, few minutes, but I just have to put my two cents in. Uh, first of all, I do agree with the last uh, person who called you, who was the shop teacher. I think uh, in my teaching experience, I had fourth graders who could do better than the president we have now. Uh, probably knew more about what was going on in, in the real world than he does. But, um, and I'm very concerned about the fact that they are armed forces, Air Force or whatever, didn't know that there was um, (laughs) a special occasion and the people were going to be diving, you know, our Air Force fellows were going to be diving into an auditorium, not auditorium, but whatever that was. Anyway, that's kind of scary because they're supposed to be protecting us and uh, they should know better. Uh, what's going on in the world than that. But anyway, that's scary. It and, um, makes you I, wonder, course, doesn't it? <laughs> what? I'm sorry. It makes you wonder, yeah, it really doesn't does. it? <laughs> a lot, yes. Um, I have been concerned uh, for a long time because I, too, have felt confident in our government until the last year or so. And, uh, well, I was beginning to lose confidence in it in many ways. But anyway... Uh, I just am concerned for our country, and I do believe that uh, the liberals are the ones that, uh, I'm sorry, I love people, I love all people, Uh, you know, I don't love what they do, but I care about all people, but there are people that are just um, not thinking straight, are, are getting totally the wrong information, and don't know what's going on, so anyway, I feel that we as conservatives and uh, Christians uh, need to speak up in a quiet but firm way. And that's just what I believe. So that's about it, Mike. I, I think uh, good good points there, Nancy, and I, I think your, your strategy is right. Uh, we, we don't have to be offensive, but we do have to stand up for what we believe to be true and stand fast. And, and not buckle uh, right. to, uh, to a lot of this wokeism. Nancy, thanks so much for your call. Appreciate that. And uh, thank you for your service as an educator. I think you said fourth grade. And uh, thank, thank you for your history of teaching kids. And I'm, I'm going to guess that Nancy did not have to uh, teach uh, 
her fourth graders about sexual things during her uh, career as a teacher. I'm just aghast at that. All right, let's get back to the phones. 209-551-3483, U.S. Capitol Police evacuated the U.S. Capitol out of an abundance of caution when they saw people jumping out of airplanes into the Nationals Baseball Park Stadium. (laughs) Happened to be the U.S. Army doing that. Let's find out what Joe in Turlock has to say about that. Hi, Joe. What what are your thoughts today? Well, I'm not going to be very nice about this, but I'm going to say the way I think. It's a, uh, is that there really too many people that is worth to be evacuated in that house? Uh, that's in my opinion. I mean, there might be few, but not too many. Okay, help, help me a little bit more, Joe, did, so do you do you feel it was appropriate or, or not appropriate to evacuate? No, the way I feel it's uh, to be evacu- to evacuate the house. It's uh, <clears throat> is it really how many people are worth it to be evacuated? And then we got some worthless people that are working on our government. I mean, um, worthless is not even. There's got to be a worse word than worthless. And my concern is. Uh, if something did happen, uh, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be. Uh, uh, we're not gonna lose too many heroes. <laughs> okay, opinion. all right, Joe, I I got you. Uh, thanks for calling. Appreciate uh, your input, and uh, J- Joe, thanks so much. So Joe's saying, well, considering uh, who was being evacuated, so what? Uh, I'll just kind of summarize Joe's, uh, Joe's comments there. Uh, that's an interesting, uh, interesting perspective. Uh, but again, the, uh, I, I think the, the crux of the issue is communication. And you know, you know, if you've worked in or with any type of governmental entity, if you work with any type of governmental entity, you know, there are There are, how do I put this? There are territorial issues, territorial issues. I mean, you look at a, when a bank robbery occurs, you've got the local police, you've got the FBI. Uh, Anytime that there's a huge uh, wildfire that uh, crosses state lines, for example, or you get to the mutual aid level where you're having to pull in state and federal resources, Man, because I've been there, man, I'll tell you, it's uh, it's interesting as you get all these different agencies together and uh, nicely, eventually it all comes together. But there are territorial issues. And I I think the lack of communication between uh, the entities in in Washington, D.C. today is what deeply worries me. I'm not being funny about it. I, it deeply worries. Why wasn't the U why weren't the U S Capitol police advised that there's going to be an airdrop of personnel out of the sky into national stadium? Uh, why would they evacuate the U S Capitol? Of course, Joe saying, well, considering who they're evacuating, uh, no worries, not, not a big worry. Well, it's, uh, 
It's all worrisome, isn't it? But I remain convinced that we need to stand firm. We need to take the hill that stands before us. And as long as the Mike Douglas Show is here, we'll be dedicated to that. I will look forward to seeing you tomorrow from 3 to 5 p.m. right here on the Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Trevor Carey coming up.